Any examples used are for illustrative purposes only and do not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and may not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to predict the performance of any specific investment and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. This is another Money Show. Get set for another hour of the latest financial information and economic news affecting your bottom line. JR and Anthony are committed to helping more Americans like you optimize their income, reduce their tax risk, and reach financial freedom. So let's start the show. Here are your hosts, Anthony Correo and JR Rochford. Here we are, your hosts, Anthony Correo and J.R. Rochford, taking a break from our day-to-day -day as financial advisors with Rochford & Associates, a fully independent fourth-generation family office right here in the greater Phoenix area to bring you information you may not find on those other radio shows. Uh, we're aware the last thing you need is another money show, but we appreciate you being here. And uh, I'm kind of excited with what we're going to start off with. We love, love government waste because we're so prosperous as a country and we fixed all of our issues. So now it's time to just spend, right? So we have a report from, was it the Homeland Security and Government Affairs? Is that who this, who brings us this Festivus report? No. Well, it's specifically, it is Rand Paul, who obviously is a fiscal conservative. And every year he does this report to kind of shine a light on some of the miss, <laughs> some of the, I, I was going to say misspending, but I, I guess, it, I guess it's important. So his, his 2023 Festivus report, and by the way, I highly recommend you do a little internet search and look this up. Festivus report, <laughs> a whopping $900 billion of waste. It's not a trillion. So I think, I think our country is becoming kind of yeah, an amateur. even cares then. All right. If it doesn't have a T in front of it, I'm not interested. So 900 billion of waste, including an NIH grant to study Russian cats walking on a treadmill, Barbies used as proof of ID for receiving COVID paycheck protection program funds. Six. There's still money from COVID in 2023. I guess so, Barbie. There is. Yeah, I think that was one of the biggest surprise I saw in this. That shouldn't be a surprise at all. $6 million to promote tourism in Egypt. Bob Menendez, are you listening? So $6 million. So $6 million is nothing nowadays for our government. But what are we promoting tourism to Egypt for, especially at this point in time in our world? Well, did uh, you read through the other, the bits on that? I mean, it, it's over a hundred billion, or not a hundred billion, a hundred million that they've sent. It was just $6 million in this last fiscal report. Which, I mean... If it's a dollar, stop. Wait till we're not $34 trillion in the hole. Let's wait and not spend. And some of this is just, it should make you angry. $200 million to struggling artists like Post Malone, Chris Brown, and Lil Wayne. So I, this is insanity. But I, I, in some of this stuff, when I, yeah. when I read some of this stuff, I'm like, this, this can't be real. And then you start poking around and you find out it is real. There, there are some things, by the way, when the government is spending money, I would say recklessly and, and wastefully, some, there's other parallel universe in, in money. The, uh, on the 3rd of January, I guess it was during the State of the Union address, which nobody watched or heard. I just heard snippets of it. The U.S. Army 
cuts off benefit from deployed soldiers. We understand this could be potentially this this could well I can't even read this. We understand the burden this could potentially place on soldiers. So I heard this and I looked into it a little more. When people got deployed, if you're in the army, for example, and you got deployed to another country, they let you there were storage spaces that could keep your belongings. And the part of your benefit for being a soldier was the government would pay for that storage. And now they're talking about cutting that off. So I, I don't I just I don't know where to go with this. I mean, I made a joke yesterday again about wounded warrior. You know, now we're gonna have to pass the hat again. We're gonna have to go fund me to provide storage spaces for our troops while they go over to, well, I guess Egypt. That seems like a good tourist place. So I don't know. And you and I looked over the list of waste yesterday. Some of this stuff, you're right, some of it's important. Some of it is just, I mean, NIH's monkey casino gambling for drinking water. I don't even know what that means. I, I don't get it. Dr. Fauci's transgender monkey study. One of one of these items, a big chunk of this, improper federal payments was 236 of these billions. Improper federal payments. Correct me if I'm wrong. Does that mean like dive into the actual reports on any of these? Um no. I mean I I don't have time. A busy news week as usual. I mean I I just that that's why this report is there. They gave you all the sources. I know you like to make sure things are vetted and verified. So when this report well, comes out, I mean, it's a 25 page report. So if you want us to send us and it, you know, it is from Rand Paul, but it's on the Homeland Security Government Affairs website. So this is a GOV website. Um, if you want us to send it to you, uh, reach out at team at another money Contact us from the website, another money But that. 236 billion of improper federal funds um slightly down from 2021 and 2022 but since they start reporting this in 2004 it's 3 trillion that's 10% of you know what our debt is as a country excuse me and if our country is growing rapidly and people are coming into all these different states, Philadelphia, New York, California, everywhere, is there going to be a likelihood of increased payments by error? I understand California now is going to pay for, you know, gender reassignment surgery. It's just everywhere you look, the spending is insane. And when you talk about deep diving, so you're right, this report, it's the surface, it's 25 pages, but it cites all the sources. It, it gives you all the ammunition you want to spend countless hours finding out if this stuff is true or if it's not true. And it's true. I mean, over the years, I have looked into some of these because I'm like, this cannot be true. The, you know, one of these ones on the little summary sheet says the Department of, De- of Defense has a lobster tank. Apparently, they own a lobster tank. Cost of the lobster tank, $8,395. Have you ever been to a Petco or a PetSmart, Anthony? Have you ever been to a pet supply place? You ever gone to see Garrett at PetSmart? Or what, what, I don't think they have $8,000 lobster tanks at a store. Where Where are you people getting this? When I was in the Air Force? Well, it said it was from a restaurant supply. Oh, no area. discount there? And the government? I can imagine those being eight grand. Those tanks aren't 
cheap. Why they need one, I don't know, but eight thousand dollars when we're talking about nine hundred billion. That's the least of because my because it's symbolic. It shows you how out of control and ridiculous our government is. When when I was in the Air Force, we used to make jokes about, you know, multi thousand dollar hammers and toilet seats. I mean, it was just the reckless spending. The money was there and they had to spend it and they would do stuff that was just it didn't make sense. Didn't make sense to anybody. Where is the money going? So, and we're well, a financial the money, and then they don't take care of it. Also, in this report, is eighty nine million in military engines. The engines themselves are worth about one point one million. They improperly stored them for years, so they're all worthless now. Um, you know, they're storing these million dollar engines outside. They got twelve million in transmissions, and then another sixty eight million in tank equipment. It's funny reading through here. It says that a lot of this is stored in uh, life, long life reusable containers (LLRCs). Well, apparently, these LLRCs are not doing what they're supposed to be doing and leaking water and oil. And so it's funny because what were the cost of all of these storage spaces too that they? You know they're going to spend money on these LLRCs, and they're not even going to do what they're designed to do. And then they're so, going to lose hundreds of millions of dollars in equipment that they were supposed to store. And did I catch you right? There, our government, our tax dollars are going to pay to store engines that go bad. Is that did I catch that right? But they're not going to pay for the storage spaces of our troops that are going over to. Well, they weren't even really paying to store that equipment either. They left them outside in these crates, which didn't do what they were supposed to do. So they just lost out on hundreds of millions of dollars worth of equipment. And how much were the crates? <laughs> I want to know how much were the $9,000 crates. Oh, yeah, right. I'd imagine those were also insanely expensive. I do want to touch back on, because you did mention one of my favorite things on here. And I feel like that ties into kind of what it is that we do in our office. And that was the monkey gambling. So, right. And I, I, I know how I much you, that without laughing, Anthony, I'm sorry. Any, any of the studies on monkeys? Well, the meth head monkeys, like there's the monkey Island, the Fauci's monkey Island. Oh, and I want to bring up the monkey Island too. Cause I do love the monkey Island part. Um, but, the monkey gambling, what they were saying is they gave them low-risk options to get rewards, low rewards, low options, or you had high-risk options, high rewards. They said 70% of the monkeys went after the high-risk, high-reward. Whether they got it or not, they chased risk versus something else. And do you think, with what you've seen in your 25 years in this office, that people are more like monkeys or they're smarter? Do you think 70% of the people you encounter are more likely to take risks in things that they know nothing about versus go a safe option and safe steady growth like we tout in this office on this radio show every single week? And I go up a column and it says we did a study on meth head monkeys. I Yeah, I know. I know where you're going with this. People, people are not... They, they don't always make the right decision. By the way, when you say monkeys, are we talking like Davy Jones, Mickey Dolans? I mean, are we talking about like the furry monkeys from Outbreak? I just want to clarify. What kind of... See, you and your dated reference, we had this conversation. 
Nobody Anthony, knows what you're talking about. Anthony, you're on AM radio on Saturdays, which is a wonderful thing, by the way. Do not let them take that out of your vehicles. Who do you think your listening audience is? The people on the podcast. <laughs> oh, good Lord, Boomer. Get off my lawn. Chill, Karen. <laughs> okay, Boomer. But the people that listen to us on Saturdays thought that was brilliant and hilarious. So get off my lawn, Anthony. Well, didn't you just send me an article uh, Dave Pratt put out? The you know the old morning mayor of Arizona saying that KMLE and all these other stations are going under. Odyssey, Odyssey Radio is filing bankruptcy. Yeah, that's uh, that's not good. I reached out to our buddy Doug. I reached out to one of our producing geniuses, Doug, and he basically he's like, radio's not going anywhere. He he said to me that radio, basically how he sees it, it's teaming up with digital avenues. You know, I mean, you and I are an example. We're on the radio on Saturday at noon on 960 The Patriot, but we've we've gotten a following on the YouTube channel. We've gotten a following on podcasts. So, and especially the younger people, I everybody I meet, I ask them if they're listening to our show. I ask them if they're listening to the podcasts. And it really, really is across the board. The younger they are, the more they are likely to be familiar with the YouTube channel, the podcast. So... You know, basically, he's thinking it's both, and and that Odyssey Radio, the the ones that they showed that that are, uh, you know, potentially going to go away, that's FM radio. I think with Spotify and all the options that are available, you know, especially to younger people that that get all their their radio on the on the cell phone, I think that's what's going to struggle more. The people like me in Sun City, we want our talk radio. We want the alternate ideas that we're hearing on AM radio. So I think it's different. Yeah, that's fair. Until they take it out of vehicles, like they've already said. And we've talked to people who would like, oh, I'd love to listen to your radio show on Saturdays at noon, but I don't have a radio. hear a lot of that, even with older folks. But back to the point I wanted to make with the gambling monkeys, 70% more wanting risk. I feel like our show's not for those 70 people. Our show's for the 30% that don't want risk, that just want to keep what they have. And now we actually have the best opportunity we've had in, I don't know, 15 years? Since yeah. 2006, 2005. I mean, some of these companies, you're offering, you know, again, rates can change at any time, but upwards of 10% in the S&P. So if the market goes up, you can make 10% and with some companies even more without any risk means if the market goes up, you can get up to 10%. But if the market goes down, you don't lose anything. Like, How great is that to be able to go and play blackjack? And if you win a hand, you keep your money. But if you lose, you don't You don't lose anything. You keep what you put in. And I absolutely why, love that. Why isn't there a line outside of your door for people to jump on that? You know, two things. One, there's a lot of people that they don't make as much money. If, you, if you're representing that, you get paid one time. You don't get trails and 12B1 fees. You're not getting money to reallocate every year. So the, it's just not the money generator. The other thing is you've got a bunch of people out there saying, ooh, the things you're talking about, they're bad. I mean, they, these things are bad. We, Our job in our office has is and has been to protect and grow in that order. And I think we do a fabulous job. You, you've got your securities license. You're a fiduciary. You can do all the things that these people on the radio tell people they should do. It's, it's you know, life is, the key to life is moderation. Should you have 100% of your money in a in a fixed index annuity or, or in insurance companies? Of course not. 
you know, if you've been listening to this show, we think you should have some cash, physical cash in your home. We think you should have a base, a foundation. We love the idea of lifetime income. We like the idea that if you have $100,000 in a safe vehicle and you run out of that money when you're 86, but you live until you're 93, you keep getting your pension, your monthly payments. What other vehicle, stock, bond, you know, a CD, what other vehicle when you're out of your money, can you keep getting payments from it? That would be none as far as I know. And by the way, you know, our, our whole thing, we want you prepared, not scared. We want you proactive, not reactive. We also find it odd, especially during the COVID days, that we can have basically a decade and a half of an upswing in the market without any any human tie to things that are going on. I mean, I do want to get to a little geopolitical news later today, and it's shocking. And yet the market is up, you know, looking in on Meta this morning, Meta, looking at Facebook this morning, up 3%. I'm like, this is such a crock. This, all this thing is a crock. We say to people over and over, look at the S&P 500. That's the most fair assessment of our, of our country and our world. And yet seven or eight companies are floating that thing. If you removed seven or eight, so if you got down to 492 or three companies, you'd be losing money. Are you serious? And people, they, they don't think that's manipulated. The Dow Jones being only 30 companies. And if they underperform, they get removed and a new one gets put in. This is what you're putting all your hopes on. Do I think you should get out of your stocks, bonds, ETFs, mutual funds, and put it all into something safe? I'm, I've never said that to anybody. I think this, the key is hedging your bet. I think laddering your money out. I think diversification is the key to life. And we can educate people on that. So come see us. What's better for you, Tuesday or Thursday? Mornings or afternoons? Are you asleep, Anthony? Well, yeah. I mean, you just kind of took that and ran on some tangent. There's no tangent. I'm trying to offer and extend to people that we can help them. Which is... Yes. Okay. So am I going to bring it back again for you to go off? I tangent? guess. I guess. But yeah. So the again, monkey gambling. How are we any, <laughs> any different? So that brings me to another example, right? Because they talk about Fauci's monkey island on here, which has been around since like the 70s. And we sent $33 million, um to fund this monkey affair, to fund this monkey business, if you will. And uh, I already regret saying that. But anyways, that my, my uh, that movie recommendation I make all the time on this show. I love it so much. Boom, bust, boom. There is a part where they talk to a woman who does studies on this island. And she talks about how in this in this documentary talks about how they teach them currency and how to trade currency for items like food, water, miscellaneous things. Um, but she even says that, that, you know, we're studying these monkeys and we're asking the question, not, you know, are monkeys smart like humans because they're so similar, but are monkeys like humans because we're so dumb? The whole pro the whole movie, boom, bust, boom, is essentially on the cycle that humans repeat the same history over and over again. We always say this time is different, right? Dot-com bubble, not sustain sustainable, 
nothing made sense. People were making companies based on a website alone and just having millions, if not billions of dollars thrown at them. And what happened? There was a bust because there was no, there was no foundation. It wasn't based in reality. So bubbles can only go so f- go for so long. Get to 2007, 2008, housing crisis. What happens? Yet people buying three or four or five homes um, on stated income loans. They don't have the money for this, but because homes are such a safe asset that it'll never go down, people will be fine. You get these greedy banks trying to multiply their profits with these uh, credit obligation swaps and their debt consolidation and all that other fun fun derivatives out there. And of course, what happens? It's a bubble, not based in reality, and that falls too. So where are we at now? You know, stock market has doubled essentially since March of 2020. So we're less than four years. Stock market is doubled. On what? On what grounds? What's the foundation? Why should I justify why everybody should be in the stock market right now? I don't ask me. I mean, I think it's all manipulated. I think, you know, the when I was new in the job, you used to buy a good blue chip stock and and you helped the country. You bought your Kmart, your JC Penny, your Montgomery Ward, your Sears, and you were helping an American company sell tools or whatever, and you got your dividends, so you were making money or you you did the right thing for the country. And then I look at what's changed in my over quarter of a century in this job. You you have high frequency trading computers that go in and out of the markets in a fraction of a second, capturing millions of dollars in gains. We can't compete with that. You had the Arthur Anderson accounting practice scandals where people were doing ridiculous things, cooking the books. You know, we, we have we have an out of control spending government. Everything to do with our financial system is a house of cards. It's fragile. You're right. It's a bubble. I think it's the biggest bubble in history. I think we're in an everything bubble. It's just when does it pop? It always pops. You know, you love that movie, Boom Bust Boom. You know, it, it always go, pops. Go, I want to go back to blue chip stocks real quick too because with blue chip stocks, what blue chip American stocks do we even have anymore? Everything's global. Everything's foreign owned. I mean, we talked about this show a couple weeks ago about U.S. Steel being bought by a Japanese company. U.S. Steel, now a foreign company. Like, who do who do you support anymore? How do you? I, I don't know. Bring that and this country. Companies were going away. I mean, maybe you bought stock at Bed Bath and Beyond. Where where are you now? Yellow Freight. I mean, these companies are going away. We and, and, you know we haven't even talked about that in a while. You've got a massive increase in personal and corporate bankruptcies. We've got a massive problem in this country with debt. We've got a massive problem with the job numbers. Look at last week's job numbers. What a crock of you know what that was. You know, and by the what way, the we job numbers back. even mean anymore. You know that they, they manipulate those numbers. And if I have five jobs, I get counted on there five times. So if, you know, if we're taking a poll of five people, four unemployed, but one has five jobs, all of a sudden we're at 100% employment rate. Like that doesn't make any sense. None of it makes sense. My entire point. None of it makes sense. And, you know, when you talk about things that aren't real, well, is, isn't it imminent? Isn't it any day the Securities Exchange Commission is supposed to approve the Bitcoin ETF? There's another. You got into cryptocurrencies to be out of the reach of the government, correct? Why, why, Satoshi, why was this a good idea? So we could get away from the dollar. So we could get away from the banks. So we could get away from the 
heavy-handed government tactics. And now we're waiting with bated breath to make sure the government is going to let us have an ETF. You know, is it going to go the way of Canada when they federally legalized marijuana? Huge, huge money ran into it. They all lost their shirts. People were down 70 to 100% on all their money. You know, I mean, is that what this is? Are we going to have a huge uprun in Bitcoin? Massive. Well, we have had a huge uprun. I mean, in the last, what, less than a year, it's doubled. Well, it's at, what, 46,000 right now? It was at 46,000 years ago. So, I mean, we- we Well, it was pennies before because it was a joke. But here's the thing is all of these, you, you hear all these analysts, right? You sent me that article on JP Morgan Chase. They're saying what they, they refer to the debt, the 34 trillion in debt this country has as a, a the boiling frog analogy, where it's just once, once the, everybody realizes what's happening and it's already too late and we're just kind of waiting for the destruction to come. So that's what's going on. These guys are going to make as much money as they can in the very short term, knowing that this is all going to collapse. But if you're worth $100 million and you're worth $50 million because you lose half of everything, you're still worth $50 million. If you're listening to this show and you've got a home and you've got a 401k and you've got some savings and you've got a net worth outside of your house of, you know, $300,000 $300,000 and that $300,000 gets cut in half and you know you make 150 now that's going to make a sizable difference to you you know these guys can afford to withstand losing massive amounts of money because what'll happen is they'll get the banks to back loans for them so that they can buy more what's cheaper and they can ride that ride up and you and I can out lose money your example makes perfect sense to me. If you're worth billions and you lose millions, you're still worth billions. But they, they don't lose money. They, the rich get richer. No, of course. The poor hover and the middle class shrinks. And this Bitcoin ETF is going to be another example of the middle class shrinking. You know, you, you have, oh, I thought of another company that you can invest in, Boeing. I haven't looked in on the stock. Hopefully you have. But, you know, a door flies off of a Alaskan airplane. Hopefully that stock has had a little bit of a breather. Now they've grounded all these planes again. You know, welcome to Groundhog Day, Boeing. Good job. So uh, I actually feel bad saying this because that was one of my stock picks early on when I did get my license. Good job, Jim Kramer. Uh, and that 737 started falling out of the sky. I was like, Boeing's got billions, if not trillions of dollars in government contracts. They're not going anywhere. So for them to drop, you know, 15, 20% in a very short time span, like, I mean, that was when I still didn't want to buy stocks, period, because nothing made sense. But I was like, here, if this goes on for a little bit longer, this one won't take long to recover. But as of today, what's today, the 10th, I'm looking at Boeing stocks. If we're looking at year to date, so 10 days in it is down 10%. But uh, right. And I, I actually think what you just said is another form of manipulation. I mean, you know, you're, you're too big to fail. These companies are too big to fail. Usually, if you have a product that could kill a bunch of people, if 200 people get sucked out of a plane and die, that stock should be in the toilet. We need well, to- Boeing makes uh, fighter jets, and they're going to start World War III. So, of course, there's going to be- Oh, I can't things. wait. And with that, yeah. too, you know, if you have questions about Boeing stocks or anything like that, you can reach out to us at team at anothermoneyshow.com. Find us on the web, anothermoneyshow.com. 
Remember, all of JR and Anthony's listeners receive a free financial consultation just for listening to the show. Visit anothermoneyshow.com to learn more and schedule an appointment. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show and subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to this week's edition of Another Money Show. Thanks for making this program a part of your weekend routine. And if you missed that first segment, be sure to listen back anytime, anywhere in podcast form, Apple, Google, Spotify, or whichever podcast platform of your choosing. Well-renowned economist and prominent figure in the field of free market economics, Milton Friedman once said, quote, inflation is the one form of taxation that can be imposed without legislation. A great quote from a brilliant economic mind. And, you know, speaking of taxes, when it comes to taxes in retirement, here are some elements that you don't want to overlook. Number one, tax-efficient withdrawal strategies. This might involve drawing from taxable accounts first and allowing tax-advantaged accounts to continue growing. Taxation of Social Security benefits, depending on your overall income, a portion of your Social Security benefits may be subject to federal income tax. And understanding how taxes work can help you plan accordingly for how you will receive income in retirement. Also, there's tax diversification. Having a mix of pre-tax, after-tax, Roth, and taxable accounts can provide flexibility in managing your tax liability during retirement. State taxes. Different states have varying tax laws. Consider the tax implications of where you choose to live as it can impact your overall tax burden throughout retirement. Required minimum distributions, RDMs, once you reach a certain age, currently 73, you're required to start taking minimum distributions from your tax-deferred retirement accounts. Failure to do so could result in some hefty penalties. Then there's health care costs. Understanding the tax implications of health care costs and planning for potential deductions or credits is very crucial. Inheritance and estate taxes. The rules of inheritance and estate taxes can be very complex. I mean, very, very, very complex and complicated. JR and Anthony are here to help. Charitable giving strategies. If interested, you can explore tax-efficient ways to donate to charities in retirement, such as qualified charitable distributions directly from your IRA. And again, always keep in mind that tax laws are subject to change, so staying informed about the current regulations is very, very important. And we want to help keep our listeners updated when there is news or upcoming changes regarding taxes that impact retirees because this show, another money show, is for you. Taxes in retirement are often more complex than they were during your working years. So give JR and Anthony a call, 623-523-0444. Again, that phone number, 623-523-0444. Or reach out via email at team at anothermoneyshow.com. Hope everybody listening on the radio side on 960 The Patriot has a great rest of their weekend. And if you're listening on the podcast side, thank you for the support. Hit that subscribe button for new episodes every week and reach out to the guys, JR and Anthony, a family practice right there in the greater Phoenix area for all of your financial planning needs. Coming up next, the conclusion of this week's Another Money Show. You're listening to Another Money Show. So is it time? Can we can we get to some other stuff? Well, actually, one more thing. As long as we've been very, very financial today, I found an article on Zero Hedge. Pension fund crisis. Calsters seeks $30 billion in leverage amid CRE t- turmoil. CRE is commercial real estate. 
We know that that's problematic and is going to continue to be so, we believe, in this year. So, you know, that, that's a pretty big pension. That California is a very big pension. We have been warning people for decades that pensions are not as solvent as you think they are. You know, do, do we love it when you have a pension? You know, of course. I mean, you know, my wife is a retired school teacher. She is the Arizona State Retirement System pension. I do believe that when you have a teacher that retires at, say, 55, 56 years of age and they're getting their pension and they're going to live until they're 95 years of age, I'm not sure how sustainable it is. I think pensions are somewhat a Ponzi scheme. People paying in are supporting the retired teachers. You know, I think Social Security is a Ponzi scheme. You know, I, I looked Let's into that. Clarify too, those are, you know, private and publicly held pensions, but you can self-fund your own pensions. When we talk about the pensions, we like for people that's self-funded. You have a contract held directly with the insurance company and yours isn't based on the inputs of others. So we love pensions, but just we don't trust anybody else to manage them outside of yourself. And if you have a pension and you also have a 401k or, or you know money in the bank, do both. I'm not saying don't take your social security, say, no, I don't want any of that nasty ASRS stuff or that Calsters. I, I just want my own. You, the more sources of income you have into this bleak future, the better. You know, I mean, it, it seems to me like most people agree we're in trouble. Commercial real estate's in trouble. This well, one in I California. Break into the numbers on that too a little bit, because essentially what they were saying is they're going to borrow thirty billion, which is about ten percent of their portfolio, but they're doing that to cover real estate. And it's not, these aren't realized losses either. These are unrealized losses, which is kind of what took down SVB and all those other banks. Um, it wasn't commercial real estate directly, but it was bonds, which interest rates have ruined those. So, you know, everybody's kind of in that same, same ballpark that uh, brought down SVB. But they were saying the real estate they're estimating is down 20%. They're also saying, that there's a, it's about 20% of their total assets. So we're talking 20% on 20%. It's about 4% of their total. So they're freaking out over 4% well, wait, of wait, wait, Why did you do that math, Mr. Engineer? The, the article said, it says here, real estate makes up 17% of their overall assets. Yeah, the, about one so 17%, you know, I mean, that, that's almost a fifth of the entire bucket for your pension. And I realize what you're saying. Well, it's only down by 20%, so no big deal. You know, you're you're down roughly a fifth of a fifth, a fifth of, of your percent. portfolio. Yeah. yeah, and I have a question for you. The real estate market has not crashed yet. It hasn't even been, we're not even seeing the ramifications of this downturn and the rising yep. interest rates. So, but I mean- what you said was a little bit misleading to me, who's not a math guy or an engineer, because I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're taking a percentage of your portfolio. I would say to have 17% of your portfolio in one bucket might be heavy, but I'm old school, believe in diversification. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. So, but it, that to me is alarming. I think if you have the pension of millions of people, there should be no asset class with more than say five percent in it, when when people well, go to how high many different things are there to invest in? Like I don't think twenty percent is that heavy. 
What do, what are you expecting people to do for more than five percent? I, I less than that. How many assets what, are there out there? What else do they have? We have to dig into it. What else do they have? Do they have you know private real estate? Do they have precious metals? Do they have solar? Do they have you know oil and gas? I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of things people can buy. You know, a lot of pensions have a huge holding in short-term treasuries. You know, a safe A-grade paper, which we talk the word downgrade a lot over the last ten years. I mean, I, I don't know. I just when I saw that 17% was in commercial real estate, my first thought was that's kind of heavy. That's, know, that's exactly what Papa Johnson, when we sat down to, uh, you know, analyze what the world is or how you invest in it at such uncertainty, he sat there and he drew his pie chart. And I think he drew 20%, everything was in fifths and one was real estate. And it made sense then. I don't know. It, you had precious me, was, metals, you had real estate, you had cash, you had bonds and stocks, I believe. Or instead of bonds, you know, you use fixed annuities. But those were his five. I mean, outside of that, how many asset classes are there really? Well, and with the real estate, can it be, can it be, you know, residences? Can it be yeah, overseas? Of course, it could be whatever. Right? That's it, what they're it, saying. They're it, saying that a fifth of it is in real estate. They didn't say it's all in. They're saying commercial real estate. They're they're yeah. clearly saying commercial. That that doesn't include primary residences. That doesn't include the BlackRock, Blackstone, Vanguard takeover of our country's money. That that money, I think, is pretty sound. Those companies have some deep pockets. So, and and I don't want to get into the weeds on that. I just I I what I wanted to convey. If you have a pension, and you feel like you're home free. You know, say you're in Phoenix and you're a Phoenix firefighter or police officer. You know, you've been through the drop program. You have this an amazing pension. The the taxpayers voted to make sure they can never dip into it. So it's contractually guaranteed. Well, it is until it isn't. It is until it gets stressed enough and they have to change that vote. Nothing in this country is for sure anymore. You know, I, I've been so passionate since 1998 about people doing a Roth IRA. I had a question through uh, Messenger here in the last week, well, you know, if I'm doing a Roth IRA, you know, can can that can they ever change it? Can they say, sorry, we're all in this together. We're going to make you pay taxes. Of course they can. You know, I mean, will they? I hope not. The Roth was meant to help the, the little person, not the ultra wealthy. Can it change? Of course it can. And I think that, you, you know, my whole bottom line, if you have a pension, that's a wonderful thing because we all know those are going away. But if you have a pension, I would still say do your own thing. Supplement it. Supplement Social Security. Supplement your Arizona State Retirement System. Supplement your City of Phoenix pension. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. And mostly supplement your income by making sure you don't have as much going out. Pay your debts. Go into retirement as debt-free as possible. You'll you'll need a lot less incoming money if you have a significantly less outgoing. You get to keep yeah. what you have. That's why we're big Cash. debt management number one. Cash flow is huge. Yep. If you're not paying a car payment, if you're not paying a mortgage, credit card debt, you have extra money for your retirement, for guns and ammo and gold and silver and tower gardens and mini liquor bottles and cigarettes. Oh, and I'm glad you brought up Roths because we did bring up, you know, that the Roth conversions last episode. And I still, I got kind of an answer, but didn't fully fulfill what I was exactly thinking. But what I didn't know is that Roth conversions have their own five-year start clock. Did you know that? I did not. I thought as long as you had a Roth open, but conversions are, are treated a little bit differently. 
Again, so we yeah, weren't stopped there. Tax person, I can't give tax advice, but that was what I had learned. Right. When so you're saying it's a separate entity. Stop right there. For somebody that's yeah. listening and goes, I was thinking about doing a Roth conversion. If I've had my own personal Roth for more than five years mm-hmm. and I'm 59 and a half or 60 and I do a Roth conversion, that's a new clock. That's a separate clock. On just- that fund. That's okay. uh. So that's something I was told from a tax person and I did a little bit of research and I found something on the IRS paperwork that said that they would handle differently. But yeah, get it into the nitty gritty, consult a tax person, but that one was news to me. So, And that is very good to know because that's really important. I would have lumped it with if you've had a Roth for five years and you're 59 yeah. and a half, you're good. So that is yeah, good to know. We're not tax people, but we know enough <laughs> to make sure you talk to your tax person. If you don't have one, we know enough people to get you to one that can give you trusted information on that. So I I know today's going fast. Can we talk a little bit? Can we switch gears? Talk a little bit about the world around us and not just financial stuff? Is that okay? Well, you can. I'll just sideline and comment quietly to myself. <laughs> you can do it outwardly. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I still, it's not dying down. People that are talking about this world, you know, this is a very precarious time in our country. I, I'm reading as much as I can to not be blindsided on something. And it, a lot of it is very shocking. I'll, I'll start with the easy stuff. You know, make sure you you just do a little bit of research. We can't, we only have an hour a week. So I can only give you enough to be dangerous. I, I need people to take some of the stuff, the verbiage we give you, and you need to do the deep dive or else we would have one topic each week and we would never get to the other 17 topics that are equally as important. There's a word that's come up over the years, but now I've had a couple different people in the last week that have have brought it up to me and asked if I'm watching it. Look up Operation Sandman. You know, obviously we've been talking over the year and a half we've been on the on the show. We've been talking about BRICS. We've been talking about whether it's going to be a gold-backed currency. We're talking about the expansion this last year. Operation Sandman. In a nutshell, a hundred plus nations are going to drop the U.S. treasuries all at once. They've they've talked about this for years, but it looks like this could be the year that that's feasible. And it basically, there's only what? 191, if you count the Vatican and- There's like 200 countries. I thought it was like 193 total, but whatever. So there's roughly 190 to 200 countries on the planet. Over half of them (laughs) are talking about potentially sabotaging the U.S. dollar all at once. Whether it's going to happen or not, I don't know. One woman sent me an article this week that talked about Operation Sandman, and it also talked about the day that article came out, a hotel in Texas called the the Hotel Sandman had an explosion. There was a bomb that went off, and a bunch of people, over 20 people were injured. And it's like, I, I don't know, I mean, are things, is there symbolism we need to pick up on? Who knows? If, if, if at least it's very interesting. The Hotel Sandman, you can look into it if you want, but I would do a little research on Operation Sandman because if we dump a bunch of treasuries this year, this country could go the way of Venezuela. We could go into hyperinflation quickly. You know, I, I'm always worried that we're going to have a disruption with energy, with food, perhaps even with the internet and our power grid. You know, look at Ecuador right now. Are you watching Ecuador? They're, they're on fire. The thing with Ecuador you know, they're commodity rich. They're they're an important nation and they're going into martial law as we speak. My, I guess when I tie that to finances and not just geopolitical matters, where do you think these 
poor Ecuadorians that need to get away from the violence and they need to get away. You know, they only make on average like $13,000 a year for income. They're going to come here. We, we have an open door policy. So come on, Ecuador, join up with Venezuelan prisoners and all the people from China and Sudan and everywhere else and come over. So it, it just, it's weird how much the world is on fire. And I try to watch mainstream news at night just to see what the, the normies are seeing. And that ain't in there. You know, you, unless you look for it, you're not going to see that Ecuador is, is the most recent example of people in, in strife. So, well, didn't one of those news stations get held hostage? They had armed gunmen come in yes. to take over the news station. Yes. Could that happen here? I I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think it's if, I think it's when, but yeah, yeah. Some of it's exciting if you look into it. You know, we, we've got one of the things that has made it to the news more than I thought it would. Our defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, went in the hospital to have surgery on the 22nd of December. He, he was back in the hospital with pain and issues. And by the way, I did learn yesterday, he, he has cancer. I, I have a family history. I have different relatives that have been through cancer. I, I don't want to make light of his situation at all. But apparently, he went back in the hospital. He had the procedure on the 22nd, went home on the 23rd, then on the 1st of January of this year, went back in the hospital, ICU. The White House wasn't notified until the 4th of January. So for those three days, the the number one on this the defense of our country, the safety of our country, was in the ICU. The second in command is Kathleen Hicks. She was in Puerto Rico. So she was going to come home when this all came to, to light earlier this week. But apparently it's under control. So I guess she's still in Puerto Rico as of yesterday. The third in command, the Austin's chief of staff, Kelly, Kelly Magsman, was was out sick, out ill. The president of the United States didn't know any of this. So we were the most vulnerable we could be just this past week. And and nobody's talking about it. And now that it's come to the surface and mainstream, at least the channels I listen to on AM radio, they're talking about it. So other nations are hearing this. We, we are very vulnerable to problems. So if, if you think there could not be a tie to Ecuador in this country, I got news for you. It's just we're begging it. We're begging for this to happen in this country. You, you, you've you got so many issues in the world. Ukraine's still a thing, as far as I know. You know, when when does our when does our debt ceiling get hit? And part of that, you know, I, I guess they're quietly working on that. There'll be a resolution. There's always a resolution. We're going to kick the can further. But a lot of that debt ceiling problem hinged on whether or not we're going to give more money to Ukraine and to Israel. So, and Israel, by the way, I mean, I'm sure you're hearing that. There's, there's still people blocking roads in California and different cities. I even heard in Tempe, there was a little snag. We, we had a person yesterday at our West Valley Men's Networking that told me he was warned to stay away from Tempe because they're starting to block roads there. That's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't heard that. I wasn't following it that closely. Well, as soon as we started talking about the end of the world, I noticed you got up from your chair next to him and you went over to the other side of the table. Are you, are you tired oh, yeah. of hearing <laughs> about leave the world behind? By the way, that leave the world behind... You know, we had a little Doug put a short out on on YouTube. That's still an interesting thing. You know, I, I read a little bit more. I read more articles. My my go to lately is Zero Hedge to look for articles that people are ignoring. And it it basically it it went deeper and it talked about if we did have a solar flare, EMP, power grid, you know, cyber attack or hack. It talked about you know the internet and we look at it like we need the internet for information. That that's how 
people that are not just watching Dancing with the Stars and The Bachelor, The Masked Singer. They, they need to have the internet to read and research. I am one of them. So we would be shut out. We would have a information blackout. It also, this article also brought out something that I didn't even think of. How are you going to do your financial transactions without the internet? I mean, what what do you, is the bank going to close their door if they have no access to the internet? Of course they are. And that that's the whole thing that- well, Any excuse I'm, to not have you have access to your money, which is why it's so important to have hard assets, food and water, cash at home, you know, guns and ammo, gold, silver, gold, silver, you know, probably the least important of all those things mentioned. But yes. Well, and we're running out of time. I, I wanted one more thing. We'll have to, maybe next week we can dig into more. We brought up to you last week, the, uh, the Corporate Transparency Act. If you have an LLC, you better be watching this. You are supposed to declare yourself to the secured, to the, who is it, FinCEN? And, right. and we don't have time to really air this out any further today, but it's really important. We, we did find out that FinCEN, when this is fully implemented, is going to share your information with banks. You know, they're trying to catch drug trafficking, money laundering. This is all about anti-terrorism stuff. So now if I have a bank account at, say, Credit Union West, and now my information for my LLC, who the beneficial owner is, you know, what kind of a corporate structure I am, that information is going to be available to Chase Bank and Wells Fargo. Let that sink in. Yeah, I mean, so that part's kind of scary. But what I was thinking, remember, we we talked about this a few months ago, that there was the corporation that owned all that land out in like my own, was it Wyoming, out by the Air Force Base, and they couldn't figure out who owned it. There was the that weird shed in California that had all those like the anthrax and the all those other like biohazards in it. Yeah. You remember that one too? Again, owned by a corporation and they have no idea who owned it. So is it this going to be something that solves those problems? No, they're going to they're going to go after the sole proprietorships. Uh, you you are way too optimistic leaning on this one. Yes, I mean, could it solve that stuff? Sure, sure. Do they? I mean, I don't think it will either. I'm just saying, in theory. Yeah. Anyways, that's Here they come. That is it for today's show. So if you liked what you heard today if you want to talk to us about some of these higher interest rates and making money in the market without the potential losses if it does go down um if you have questions on any of those topics or you want to sit down with us to review your personal financial situation you can reach us at team at another find us on the web another you can book appointments with us straight from there um you'll have access to our calendar check us out on youtube um you know, if you want to listen to past episodes, wherever you like and subscribe to podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, all of those. There are no minimums. There's no cost for appointments. There's nothing to lose by getting a second opinion on your financial situation. And until they shut down AM radio, you will see us again here next Saturday at noon on 960 The Patriot. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show. You deserve to work with a private wealth management firm that will strategically work to protect your hard-earned assets. To schedule your free, no-obligation consultation, visit anothermoneyshow.com. 
Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM. A registered investment advisor. BCM and Rochford Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. At Rochford & Associates, we know the road to financial freedom is not a straight path, and the journey is different for every family. And in times like these, we want you to feel confident that you're safely on track to meet your retirement goals. We want to ask you to prepare for economic chaos. We want you to prepare for bank volatility. We want you to insure and protect your assets with a smart plan. Our team can help you make the most of your hard-earned savings using strategies that are right for you. I want more people to sit down with us. When we talk about a financial plan, it's different for every person we meet. We tailor make our plans. Schedule your no obligation consultation today by calling 623-523-0444. That's 623-523-0444. Rochford and Associates, veteran owned and proud to serve Americans like you. How much risk are you willing to take with your investments? I'm Matt McClure with the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife. If you're a thrill seeker, you probably enjoy the adrenaline rush of jumping out of a plane, bungee jumping off a high cliff, or kayaking down a raging river. But when it comes to your finances, do you still find a lot of risk exciting? Or does the danger of losing your hard-earned money change your perspective? Think back for a moment to the 2008 financial crisis. Thanks to market risk and some shady Wall Street deals, the S&P 500 fell more than 46% between October 2007 and March 2009. If you go back and look at the risk that we took 25, 30 years ago, and it was kind of way out there. And a lot of these firms, including some of the things that happened at Morgan Stanley, we were so mesmerized by the great trader and the money they made that uh, they got more and more autonomy until it was too late. We had huge losses. That's former Morgan Stanley CEO John Mack speaking with Yahoo News. So how do you protect yourself if we have another year like that, or even another 2022 when the markets had their worst performance since 2008? Financial advisors will tell you that to maximize your investment growth, you need to take some risk with your money. Just be smart about it. You want to have an actively managed portfolio strategy. You just do. It, it involves shifting investments in your portfolio to take advantage of pricing anomalies in strong market sectors. You want to reduce the, the risk. You want to have smart risk as part of your portfolio. You want to increase returns and you want to truly diversify your portfolio. Active Wealth Management founder and President Ford Stokes says smart risk investing is based on the concept that all investments carry some amount of risk and that the only way to reduce that risk is to diversify. This means investing in a variety of different asset classes, such as stocks, bonds, real estate, commodities, and other financial instruments. Everyone's situation is different, and that's why it's important to work with a fiduciary financial advisor to get the most out of your hard-earned and hard-saved money. So, how much risk are you willing to take with your retirement? That's a key question to consider as you invest for the future. With the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife, I'm Matt McClure. 
at Rochford & Associates. We know you've worked hard to earn your money, and you've worked even harder to save it. When it comes to wealth management and planning for retirement, J.R. Rochford and his team of specialists have been helping individuals, families, and business owners find financial freedom at their veteran-owned firm for more than 25 years. Rochford & Associates also helps Americans like you with their insurance needs and estate planning so you can be protected from life's uncertainties with a comprehensive retirement plan. Let us help you protect and grow what you've worked so hard for. Take the next step toward financial freedom now by scheduling your free, no-obligation consultation so JR and his team can come to understand you and your family's specific needs, concerns, and financial goals. Give us a call now at 623-523-0444. That's 623-523-0444. Rochford & Associates, lasting solutions for your family, your future, your life.